Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Sergio Perez secured pole position for Formula One's Miami Grand Prix, followed by Fernando Alonso and Carlos Sainz in third place. Where was Charles Leclerc? Where is Max Verstappen? Well, Verstappen's first flying lap was abandoned. Charles Leclerc's crash led to the red flag. Uh, the top 10 looks like this. Perez, Alonso, Sainz, followed by Kevin Magnussen. Standout performance for Haas. We'll get into that. Pierre Gasly for the Alpine in fifth. George Russell, Charles Leclerc at seventh. Even though he crashed, he still got a time on the board. Esteban Ocon and Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas, without times on meaningful times on the board for qualifying. Ah, the importance of getting a banker lap. Let's talk about that with our man in Miami, Jake Boxall. Leg, welcome back to the podcast. How has Saturday been for you? It's it's been a very very busy day. Um, Things have started a little bit earlier today than they had done uh, on Friday, so we had to be at the track at a, a pretty decent time. It's been hot all week, and it's just been such a thrill to kind of be around the Hard Rock Stadium and in such a kind of uh, boisterous race, because mm-hmm. one of the flagship races when it comes to that particular essence of race, in a sense. So it's been it's been really good fun today. It did look like a great atmosphere. There were some, you know, you could see some blue seats in the grandstands. It wasn't a sellout crowd. They have put more seats in. But still, it's so good to see people uh, really enthusing about Formula One in the US. Not a, not a statement about today, more generally recently, uh, which is so good. Well, a Hispanic qualifying top three, Perez Alonso Science, as our colleague uh, Mark Gallagher, who writes for GP Racing Magazine, said they probably should have done the press conference in Spanish and done an English translation, as there's more Spanish speakers natively in the world than English speakers. And that was really interesting to see a standout performance for Haas, P4, Kevin Magnussen. Let's be honest, they're out of place. Flat out pace is maybe 
a second a lap slower than the Red Bull for that that Haas, uh, maybe even more. Other stuff to mention, we'll get into the Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton down in 13th, the two McLarens not getting out of uh, the bottom five. And so uh, let's start, though, with Sergio Perez. He's on pole. He did it with pace. He deserves to be on pole. Yes, we didn't see a representative time from Max Verstappen, but like I said in the intro, that's the importance of a banker lap. Perez got it in. Uh, Max made his mistake, had a, a wobble or two actually on that first timed lap. And Perez deserving to be on pole, very popular one. Uh, how did you read qualifying today? Well, it was, it was a fantastic performance. And as you say, it was completely on merit. And, and he had to really work for it, actually. Throughout practice, he was off Verstappen's pace. He was very lacking in confidence uh, through all of the practice sessions. They made a change to his car. He wouldn't specify in the press conference what it was, but this just gave him the confidence. And he was really struggling with, you know, the feeling of the car on the track surface that Max Verstappen was able to deal with uh, a lot more adeptly. For Perez, it was a bit of a trial by fire, but he came to qualifying and suddenly he'd unlocked something from himself and from the car. And it was a, it was a very, very good performance from him. And he, he did the vital thing, as you say, it's so important to get a banker lap. And um, he kept it on the island, as they say, in uh, racing parlance. Um, he didn't make any mistakes on that first lap. Generally speaking, that would usually be half the job done, just nail the last lap. But of course, uh, when it came down to it, there were no final laps. He took pole and, uh, you know, he's he's full of confidence now getting the car together to where he likes it. But, you know, following Baku as well, which was possibly one of his best performances in Formula One ever, it, it, it is fully deserved. Absolutely. And coming at such a good time as well as we need a championship fight. I think it's very clear Red Bull are going to win this year. But to see a battle between the two drivers is exactly what this season needed. And I mentioned the Spanish-speaking uh, top three. But it is good to see Alonso back on the front row. I saw a couple of different stats flying around the last time Alonso started on the front row. And I've not gone and done my own research, so I can't definitively say when that was. I saw a few different guesses on, on Twitter from various media outlets and then Carlos Sainz in third. So I, I want to ask you about, because you, you, you wrote the piece for autosport.com on Friday, looking at the long run pace in uh, the second practice session because we are in a normal, not a non-sprint race um, weekend. But I, I want to talk to you about pace. And, you know, has Alonso, have Ferrari and Science got a chance of challenging Red Bull this weekend? The, the, it's a new track surface. The track surface evolution has been crazy. It doesn't feel like I've really got a, a, a handle on pace. At times, Mercedes have looked quick and then times they've been down the bottom. Look at Lewis Hamilton today. So... What have you learned about the pace, and is it still that Red Bull are just using that 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 uh, that advantage of being really quick on the straights? DRS still, you know, obviously very very efficient. Red Bull strong everywhere, but from what I can tell, the Aston Martin's got pretty decent traction. That long straight, I think they'll be good in the first part of that, and maybe the Red Bull will then sort of take over. But what can you tell us about? Uh, the the relative pace that you th- we think we're looking forward to on Sunday. Well, it was a little bit difficult to sell in FP2 actually because first of all uh, the track evolution has been ridiculous because um, uh, and the reason for that is because it is a new surface this year and when they put down the surface last year they jet blasted it. But the problem was the track started to break up. So they got a little bit spooked by this and um, they elected not to do it this year. 
that's part of the reason why it's been so capricious in a sense. And so the racing line is getting better and better and better, but offline it's it's getting a little bit more difficult to contend with and it's still very very dusty um i watched uh, down at the track during fp1 um and the drivers were very very tentative and they start started to spool up and get a little bit you know more comfortable with it but it, it's been really difficult for them to deal with it's, it's kind of thrown something up and uh, as i said to you just uh, off air as we were coming back to our uh, coming back to our accommodation tonight uh, the heavens absolutely opened up and it was pouring down with rain and that's going to uh, have a completely different effect as well and that's going to sort of clean up the track in a sense but it's still going to be very very green tomorrow and there's no support series to kind of clean it up that well other than the 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 i think it's the Porsche North American Championship or something like that but you know that's a very very minor championship they use very very different tires so it's going to be really really interesting tomorrow i think um with regards to whether red bull can be challenged aston martin is a much better race car than it is a qualifying car so for alonso to be p2 in qualifying and start on the front row that's really really good for aston martin because it's fantastic at managing tyres. Maybe not quite on the same level as Red Bull, but um, that's a strength that it's got. And it's really proven that. You could see that as early as Bahrain when Alonso was really, really comfortable with his tyre wear and he could tell that the cars ahead of him were going to lose grip and he could take advantage of that later. And you can kind of see his forward planning in the races so far this year. Ferrari probably less so. They're not particularly confident. The The reason why is just one of tyre deck and Carlos Sainz said, you know, we're probably not going to be challenging the Rebels on Sunday. Maybe if they can get ahead of Aston Martin, that will be a bit of a win for them. But it really depends on whether they can find uh, something in the data that just gives them the opportunity to, to keep that tyre deck in check. So... It, it will be a tough ask for, for Ferrari to, to mount a challenge. And as I say, they're not particularly hopeful. But they've also got to contend with Max Verstappen coming back at them because he's he's P9. It's not going to be a slam dunk win for him. It might not even be a slam dunk podium, but you'd kind of have to expect him to, to roar through the field in relatively short order. And he's just been so quick this weekend. Um, he topped both Q1 and Q2 before making a mistake on his lap. He's going to be a prospect tomorrow and he's said in the press conference, sorry, in the uh, the media panel, that he was targeting an absolute minimum of P2 on Sunday. Uh, and when Max Verstappen has the bit between his teeth, uh, he, he's a very, very scary prospect in your mirrors. So um, it is going to be, hopefully, we're going to get quite a multi-dimensional race on Sunday. Absolutely. Well, Max Verstappen said afterwards, it's not ideal, but there's also no point to be super angry or upset about it. He said he was annoyed with himself after that mistake in Q3 left him in ninth on the grid for the the, the Grand Prix. So, you know, yeah, let's be honest, P2. I mean, P2 as a minimum, depending on, yeah, the effect of, of, of the Red Bull and how far away Perez can get ahead. Any safety cars, which is then going to squash the pack up again, Let's talk about Charles Leclerc. He said, I'm really disappointed with myself, describing his errors as unacceptable and that he went too far, a step too far, he said, in the aggressive setup for qualifying. So, you know, do we know any more 
JBL about the car. Is it damaged? Uh, they have a bit of a part shortage with their upgraded bits. And what are Leclerc's chances? I mean, you touched a little bit already on Ferrari's chances in your previous answer, but any more from Leclerc? Obviously, he's taken a new gearbox for this weekend. So Ferrari are going to really hope that uh, there isn't any damage to it and anything that any kind of damage at all is simply, you know, superficial to a regard. But yeah, as he said in in uh, the press pen, he went on a little bit of a slightly different route with setup. The Ferrari is quite edgy anyway. You know, you've seen Science make a couple of mistakes this year in qualifying. Leclerc's, you know, he had a crash in Baku during qualifying. Um, but this was probably a little bit more high profile. Uh, and he says that it's just the way that the car needs to be driven. You need to go quite aggressive with the setup because that's where the lap time is. But on in a situation where... Um, Sometimes you can make mistakes on a low grip. Uh, it's not a particularly low grip track surface. It's just difficult to extract grip from it. And the Ferrari, Carlos Sainz has uh, suggested and Charles Leclerc has suggested that it's a little bit tailwind and sensitive as well. So you kind of have this cocktail uh, where when you go over the limit, that's it. It's a very all or nothing car. It was something that he felt that he needed to do for performance and to extract the maximum from the car and for it to be a competitive proposition in the race tomorrow. But it was very, very nervous. And, you know, he felt the full brunt of that twice. Um, We don't know at the moment definitively whether he's going to have to go through any changes. Um, They can change parts on the car like for like, and the FIA will generally approve that. But when it comes to new gearbox parts or things like that that requires a grid penalty so because you're breaking park Ferme, so that's that's something that they'll have to consider they've got a little bit of time to think about it you know i'm sure overnight they'll do a few things and we'll find out tomorrow what what the situation is for him um but you know he kind of helped himself a little bit by getting a banker lap in but even that one he locked up at turn 17 which is the the hairpin at the end of the long straight and didn't do as what perhaps what he should have done um so it is it i'm sure we'll find out in in due course what the situation will be for him but yeah he was a very dejected figure after qualifying they covered off red bull aston martin ferrari other other aston martin uh, lance stroll Alonso's teammate down in 18th. It was a tight first section of qualifying, but still he'll be massively disappointed with that. When we come back, we'll talk. We'll go through the rest of uh, the lineup for the Grand Prix on Sunday and big issues for McLaren. Mercedes is the big one, though, and we'll talk about that and more. Stick around. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Right, welcome back to the podcast. So, yeah, a big standout drive, JBL, for Kevin Magnuson in Haas. Great first banker lap. Did it on used softs, I think, as well. And uh, the Haas will be really happy. Let's be uh, let's be honest, the outright pace of that Haas is not going to keep them in that position. But a, a starting fourth, look, that is just a brilliant feel-good story for them to sleep on overnight on Saturday into Sunday. But what can Haas realistically do? Can they target a top 10? What do you think? I think they're very confident about it, actually. And they've come into the weekend with a brand new floor. Um, the performance over the practice sessions has been really, really good. There was a point in Q2 where both Magnussen and Hulkenberg were ready to progress into Q3. Um, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out like that. Uh, Hulkenberg just kind of missed the boat um, by the end of that session, but Magnussen got himself in. He's looked super impressive all weekend. And again, as we talk about you know getting something on the board just in case something bad happens, uh, Magnussen executed that perfectly and it it has sort of shades of Brazil last year of being in the right place at the right time and completely making the most of it Magnussen did admit that maybe he did feel a little bit lucky with regards to getting P4 and I think most people would probably agree but yeah Haas has been really really strong this weekend at its home race Um, and and it's great to see I, I think that they're definitely a prospect for the top 10 because Mercedes looks like it's struggled in qualifying, which I'm sure we'll get into. McLaren, I think we were probably expecting to do better with regards to their new updates, but again, struggles in qualifying and didn't break out Q1. So you're going to have that sort of lower points battle between maybe the Alpines and the Hasses and um, maybe a few cars that are a little bit resurgent. Battery Bottas as well and the Alfa Romeo was impressive. So we've got a good battle, I think, between uh, some of these cars and there could be some big points on offer because there's the propensity to make mistakes. And we've seen that throughout the weekend so far. And so if Magnussen and Hulkenberg, two very dependable drivers, can you know do their jobs and just keep the car in one piece and do what they need to do, then bigger rewards could really be on offer. Nico Hulkenberg's looked properly quick at times this weekend um, as well. So McLaren, you mentioned them. Lando Norris, 16th. Oscar Piastri, 19th. Where are the Alpines? Oh, look, Pierre Gasly in 5th and Esteban Ocon in 8th. I wonder how Oscar Piastri is feeling. I'm sure fine. It's a long-term project etc etc all those usual things that we uh, hear from formula one teams uh, they have bought back uh, Gilles de Ferran a uh, very famous name in racing worked with McLaren before but we get that news coming out of McLaren over this weekend that he will join them for at least one year to support Andreas Stella uh, in the team but they need well McLaren need something to analyse where it's going wrong. Uh, so yeah, the Alpines did pretty well. As you say, Bottas in 10th, also great for Alfa Romeo. So now that uh, he's got that in Q3, that's every team has now appeared in Q3 so far this season, which I think is a nice stat to counter those that say F1 2023 is a little bit boring as the rules converge. Uh, and so, yeah, no, and uh, Alfa Tauri's uh, quick mention, uh, Nick DeVries, again, at times he's been doing all right. I mean, he's got, he just needs a clean weekend, really, Nick DeVries, uh, in, in 15th and Yuki Sonoda in 17th the two Williams shame for homeboy Logan Sargent less than 20 miles away from the track he's where he was born so probably you know fantastic to have friends and family there but uh, not a great result today Alex Albon again I having a great season and uh, in 11th and hopefully can do something and and uh, hold his position as well as he can from there let's finish off we're talking about the Mercedes then that's the I think it's the that's the big story that in, is is 
more longer term, probably. Toto Wolf said this, It is the lack of comprehension of what is wrong that makes this car such a nasty piece of work. The car is not a good car. There are problems everywhere with the base performance of the car and the lack of understanding of the car. It is not acceptable. End quote. I mean, he's clearly venting there, and in a calmer moment he might be a bit more pragmatic or management speak, but... JBL, Mercedes, where is it Where is it going wrong in terms of is this just a Miami-specific thing or are they really struggling to understand this car? Well, according to uh, my colleagues who went to that Mercedes press conference, uh, Toto Wolf wanted to originally say something a little bit stronger about the car, but he settled on uh, a nasty piece of work. Ooh, and yeah, uh, okay. it, it's getting to a point now where the team is no longer talking quite so much about oh we can make this car a little bit better and we just need to do this and if we do this and we get this right there just seems to be this sort of complicit agreement now that it's it's getting to a point where they're going to just say you know it's irredeemable and there's everything that we throw at it we just can't seem to get it to work um and you know when they came into the season they were like okay right we've we've managed to sort it out sort out the uh you know, the bouncing in the car that was so prevalent last year. Um, George Russell has now come out and said, well, we're having bouncing again this weekend. Uh, balance has been really, really poor. Uh, and this comes after, you know, Russell and Hamilton were 1-2 in FP1. Um, it, and it seemed that when there was very limited grip, uh, they seemed to be able to switch it on. But as the grip improved, uh, they were going backwards. And they're not, entirely sure why and, and and we heard Russell's radio over the uh, the course of the weekend um, I think he mentioned it in FP2 and he mentioned it in FP3 as well when he was coming through turn 2 the car was kind of jockeying and he felt like he was almost on three wheels because when you know you have that fast change of direction from 1 into 2 uh, when the car loads in a different direction it doesn't seem to quite respond on the other sides to the, the point that they need it to so they're kind of really, really struggling to to to, to work with it, um, and uh, and Russell did manage to make it into to Q uh, to Q three, um, uh, and he did quite a decent job there. He was what P six, which is a good return given the struggles they had. But Lewis Hamilton obviously missing out in Q two. You know, he he loves coming to American races. He's the most successful Formula One driver at US-based events. And he's just had a really, really tough uh, weekend to deal with. So uh, you you can't ever discount him. And I think he's going to give his all to get into the points and get something on on the board and get some kind of return. But... It's yeah, it's been such a tough weekend at the team. And it's kind of good in a sense for the viewer because we get other teams in the mix now. It's not just these top four teams that lock out first to eighth and then you've got four or five teams battling over ninth and tenth. Um, There's a very real chance that, you know, a a different midfield team can get fifth or sixth and that's arguably what we want and we're seeing different tracks suit different cars. But yeah, in, in camp Mercedes, they're not, happy at all I would probably say <laughs> yeah bit of an understatement there uh, and, and I, I've said this before I'll repeat it again uh, that teams don't forget how to win but 
dynasties do fall as well at the same time in Formula One. Funny enough, I was up at Silverstone uh, earlier th- this week. Yes, goodness me, when it was Thursday. So you know, you drive pr- past Brackley and you just look. You, you know, you look in there and you think that is full of massively talented people who know how to go racing but then you get to Silverstone you look across to Aston Martin the amazing facility uh, that they are building there just across the roundabout from Silverstone's entrance and that is also a team in the ascendancy using customer powertrains and and well they're doing a much better job of it at the minute can't wait to see tomorrow it's going to be very very interesting looking at the speed traps that Red Bull at 342 kph uh, Sciences Ferrari 333 kph so a clear advantage for Red Bull it'll be a case of how quickly can Perez scamper away if they can get through uh, the first corner cleanly and how much will he have to manage we'll wait and see we can't wait to see uh, on Sunday afternoon JBL thank you so much we look forward to reading everything you've got to write on autosport.com and of course in the magazine next week as well if you'd like that magazine dropping through your letterbox or you'd like digital access to autosport.com and the plus subscriber area it's the area that we save for all of our uh, deepest analysis and we think the world's finest motorsport journalism but you be the judge of that uh, you can sign up at autosport.com slash plus you can sign up monthly or yearly your first 30 days are free to see what it's all about go to autosport.com slash plus and of course we're building up to Le Mans as well this year so if you want all of that lovely Le Mans goodness preview in the magazine to read uh, then you've still got time to sign up now to get that uh, magazine arriving in your letterboxes. Thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.